What's up? What's happening? It is November 7th, and you know what that means. It's basketball season. Trent Bally, Brennan Shabbat, Luke Sloan. We are back. The Impact is Own podcast. This is your source, your favorite source, for all things Michigan State men's hoops. We are back. We are covering another season together, the three of us running it back. Got the whole crew coming back. Fellas, how we doing? It feels fantastic to be back. We're rocking and rolling. We had our pre-podcast uh, snacks. We had some pre-podcast visitors. We got an extra hour of sleep last yes, night. Yes, we got an yes. extra hour of sleep. We did the Energetic. green and white report on it's Sunday. Hell. Yeah, we, we've been ready to roll. We got a plane taking off very soon. We so do. we're ready to roll. Less than 24 hours. We will be in the air. Bre- in the air on the way so awesome. to New York we're City. We're probably in the air as you're listening. So Brendan's yeah, got a sweatshirt on that says UAD Jesuit Tennis. Do you want, you the, play do tennis? You want the story behind it? Oh, yes. Okay, so I didn't play tennis. But no. my homeroom teacher, James Slaughter, shout out. That's his last name, Slaughter. A lot Slaughter. of jokes behind that one. Slaughter, Mr. James Mr. Slaughter, Slaughter. Head coach at the historic U of D Jesuit tennis program. They were actually very good at tennis when I was there. And I think they still are. But, uh, yeah, he was the tennis coach, so he had a bunch of these in his closet. And now, as you know, U of D is maroon and white in their colors. A little bit of gray in there sometimes. I had never seen anything tan U of D before for our uh, audio listeners uh, we don't have any visual listeners, so that's all of you. Uh, the hoodie is primarily <laughs> tan with a little maroon and gray stripe. You have DJ. I would call the, it the even yellow. Print. Yeah, it's I mean it's like yellow. It's beige. It's puce. Yeah, Trent's mask puce. is that's, yellow that's too. Is. I'm not wearing any yellow. Yeah, so. I, got a, I got a yellow mask. Looks kind of. I didn't get the memo. But uh, yeah, so I liked it. He had an extra. I was like, hey, I'll buy it off you, and he was like, sure. So I bought it and I wear it. And he did, I he should have just given it to you for free. Tell that story because everybody's like, oh, did you play tennis? And no, I didn't play tennis. I hated tennis. My um. We're spoiler alert. We're going. We're going to New York. John. We are. But we are. You know, this is actually kind of on topic. But I always like to bring, like, when I go out of state, I like to bring clothes, like Michigan State gear or like Detroit yeah, sports you gotta gear. Got to show where you're from. So, like, tomorrow night, well, timely Monday night when we're in New York City, I'm probably going to be wearing like a Detroit Tigers hat because you just got to represent. Right, and represent the D and, and in if NYC. You, if you do see one person who's like wearing Tigers gear, it's like that's an awesome moment. It's like, yeah, yo. I, I remember when I went to the U.S. Open, uh, it was my graduation present for high school, wore a Michigan State hoodie. I had like four or five people from like across the golf course yell, go green. So we'll, we'll use that as a perfect segue into, into our uh, Impact Is Zone episode for you today as we are previewing the Spartans 2021-22 campaign. So obviously everyone knows how last season ended. You, you get into the tournament as a play-in, 11 seed. You play UCLA. You lose in heartbreaking fashion. You lose Aaron Henry. You lose Rocket Watts via the draft and transfer portal, respectively. And now we've got a young season. We got a we got a new team. We got a fresh team, an experienced team, some might say. So let let's let's get into it, fellas. We got a lot to to talk about here. Uh, we, we've got a number of questions, and we're just gonna go round table. Nice and easy. Love easy it. for the listeners, easy for us. It's this, great. This is the free and easy 2021-22 MSU men's basketball season preview. Free and easy. Very accessible. A democracy. That is what we do. Uh, we'll, give our, we'll give our season predictions at the end. We'll also preview the Kansas game. As Sloan mentioned, we are heading to New York City. We will be there. Tune in. I'll talk about that later. Question number one, though, for you fellas, and, and Brennan, I'll kick it to you first. Who leads this team in scoring this season? So there's, I mean, this is a pretty good topic of discussion. There's a lot of really good candidates for this uh, designation is who's going to lead them in scoring. Gabe Brown is the obvious favorite. I think Max Christie has shown so far he led them in scoring against Grand Valley. He was only two points behind Gabe against Ferris. I think Max Christie has shown that he's a little bit of a sleeper pick to maybe take the reins over on that one. There's some other guys out there who, who will score the ball a little bit. Joey Hauser is a guy who with the newly improved pick-and-roll offense, could pick and pop quite a bit and score the ball. But I do think Gabe is, is the favorite right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put uh, house money on the favorite. I think Gabe is probably going to lead this team in scoring. I see it at, like, 16, 17 a game, wow. maybe 15. That'd be, right. that'd be a hell of a leap for, for Gabe Brown going I from, think, like, a 10-point. I, I mean, he's going to be a starter. He's going to get a lot more minutes. He has to do it, and I think he knows so. The, the, the real designation where through the first 10 games that's going to show whether he's going to be able to do it or not is his free throw stats because last season and I talked about it on both calls for Big Ten Plus he went to the free throw line a total of 17 times and he made 15 of them so So he's a good shooter he's got to get to the line yeah he has to be more aggressive more assertive offensively he's done so so far but I I think the big thing too a part of 
getting to the line is how he works in the half-court offense. Because in transition, that's where he makes his money. Right. He's high-flying, very fast. He'll knock down transition threes, too. He's going to get easy buckets all season in transition. But he really has to take the ball to the hole in the half-court. And Michigan State has struggled in the half-court forever. And this is another offense that has the makeup of a team that can't quite get it done in half court and really relies almost too much on transition. Instead of just making that their bread and butter, it kind of becomes their their foundation. But yeah, I think Brown has to be more aggressive and get to the line a lot. More. Gabe Brown was ranked number twenty in Andy Katz preseason Blasphemous. top Big Ten players. Yeah, I think that's it's a way low. too low. So Sloan, I, you you might be taking it in a different direction yeah. though here. I, I'm a big fan of the Gabe Brown pick just because, like you said, your point about the free throw shooting. I think he's going to get to the line a lot more because I mean. We've seen in the last two or three years when he wants to drive to the basket with authority, he does it indeed with authority. I mean, there's not many people stopping him when he flies high for some of the dunks he makes. So, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good pick. I'm going to go with the freshman Max Christie. We we recorded, we did the green and white reports on Sunday morning, the flagship sports uh, show here for a uh, WDBM. But and I predicted a pretty big year for Max Christie, so I have to stay on gear with that. I think he's going to be a a guy who shoots forty percent from deep. I see him being a really good two way player, which is going to kind of kind of unlock some doors for him. But I think he's a smooth, polished offensive player. I think his mid range game is going to be something lethal. I think he could kind of pick up where. Josh Langford left off in the mid-range for Michigan State. I like him to have a big year scoring the basketball, and, and uh, you know I'll talk about this a little bit more, but I think this could be the one and only big year. He has a big year scoring the basketball in East Lansing. He could be a one-and-done. Yeah, we'll talk about that later as well. Um, but I, I just to diversify things a little bit, guys, I want to give Tyson Walker a little love because I really think that having a true point guard in here who's not a freshman, who is experienced. It, for those of you who don't know, and it seems like everyone in the green and white nation knows, Tyson Walker averaged 18.8 points per game at, was it Northeastern? Good old in, Northeastern. In the, in the CAA. Yeah. Yep. And he also won the Conference's Defensive Player of the Year award, and I think that's kind of been the bigger focus. But this dude can score, and I just think that, you know, this team might be one of those teams, like you say, Brennan, Gabe Brown might be like your leading scorer around 15, but I think Walker could be right there with him. And he'll be the one pushing the break, and he's been great so far in the exhibitions. So that's just something to keep your eye on. It, it'll just come down to, ultimately, who gets more of those point guard minutes, Hogard or or Tyson Walker. And I think Walker has a real shot to lead this team in scoring. And this is a point you made, Brendan, when we were on the Green and White Report on Sunday, was that you said that this is a Michigan State team that might not necessarily have like a one superstar player. So I think... The reason that the three of us are all kind of going in different directions with who we think is going to lead this team in scoring yeah. is because there's really a lot of guys that can be that number one guy. So it's really going to be kind of a anybody's anybody's guess. And for those of our listeners that listen to the Green and White Report, first of all, we love you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, we also, do love you. We the, do. The Impact is own family. Truthfully, I have so much fun on that show. I have fun listening to you guys. I'm excited to hopefully, I don't know, take it over next year. We'll see. That's not my decision. Love Shoe it. Shoe in. Um, Shoe in. Appreciate it. Shabbat but, um, 2022. Yeah. But what I alluded to on the on the most recent episode just aired um, is the fact that, you know, we talked about there's a lot of candidates for this, a lot of, you know, possible team leaders. There's not a big superstar. There's no one standout. And there's a fine line between not having any superstars and not having any leaders. And I think last season Michigan State was in the same boat where – who do we give the ball to to go get a bucket? Is it Joey Hauser? Is it Josh Langford? Is it Rocket Watts? Is it, it Aaron Henry? Painfully obvious too at the end of that UCLA game. I mean, just right. painfully obvious. But I obvious. will say, in the last like five games of the season, it was Henry without a doubt. Oh, you need a bucket. Give it to him. Get the hell out of the way. Of course. Against UCLA, he shied away from the moment a little bit. He got a little too ahead of himself, and that's where they lost. And that's where it became not having a superstar. It switched to not having a leader, no one to depend on Correct. instead of no one to kind of take the lead. And I think I think that's ultimately – it's going to be a back and forth, I think. I think we're probably going to see 10 games where that comes into play, five of them not having superstars where they come out with big wins in a team effort, five of them where nobody shows up and they take a loss. So let's move now to the assist category. Obviously, you've got two point guards here. looks like a double-edged sword. Brennan has written a great piece on the Impact website. Go check it out. Thank you. Um, Impact89FM.org. Talked about Tyson Walker, of course, coming over from Northeastern. He's doing his thing. And then you've got A.J. Hogard, who showed flashes last season. And, and I remember the early season game against UDM. I think it was like 
Yeah. Three or four games in or something. Close one. Josh Langford was sidelined. That game was kind of hanging in the balance there for a second, and Foster Lawyer wasn't quite getting it done. So Izzo put in his freshman, A.J. Hogard, and I think from there he really started to gain his confidence. Now, he's lost a lot of weight this offseason. He's gotten in better shape, and he's kind of more the surgical, methodical point guard, whereas Tyson Walker takes the more athletic approach. But who knows? Uh, so, so which one of those guys or someone off the board do you think will lead the team in assists, Brendan? Surgical is a great adjective to use for oh, Hogard. I, I really like that, actually. But, yeah, he already surprised me last season with his composure and his confidence, stepping out onto the floor as a freshman, a little bit behind the play. We mentioned a slightly overweight, maybe not as athletic, high-flying as some of the other guys that he was going up against in a very guard-heavy Big Ten that was very talented last season. But he he really impressed me with how he kind of handled things and his demeanor, and he never shied away, and he never looked wide-eyed or anything. And through practices in the first two games I've seen this season and in talking to him, it just seems like that facet of his personality has gotten even bigger and grown even more. So I am a huge Hogard guy. I think he's going to be really good this year. I've got him leading the team in assists. I don't think Walker's going to be far behind, but I don't know. Walker is one of those guys who relies on his defense. It's defense first, and then it goes scoring and then facilitating. And I think Hogard is probably pass first. So that's that's just kind of where I think if we're making predictions and trying to be accurate, I think Hogard probably leads the stat category with six per game. I could see Walker at like four. I think I think he wasn't he at like two point eight, three point two at uh Northeastern, I think, Something, coming into the season. Well Sloan, you can give your prediction. I'll I'll check on that because Sloan, you wanna you wanna vouch for Tyson. I should so have it, it right here. I, I am gonna vouch for Tyson. You know, ta- listening to Tom Izzo talk after the Grand Valley State exhibition game, he really marveled at the the four steal, six assist, zero turnover performance for Tyson Walker. I don't I don't have him as my leading scorer. And that's because I think he's really going to be that facilitator that this Michigan State team lacked this year. I think he's going to go get buckets, and I think you're going to see some games when he puts up, you know, he leads the Spartans in points. He, you know, maybe he leads all scorers in points and puts up a lot of them. But I see him being the the leading assist man on this team because of his pure natural point guard abilities. You talk about someone with a high basketball IQ. He just has excellent court vision. You know, considering that we're having a good debate about A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker as to which player is going to be the assist leader, I think really kind of gives a nice eye into kind of the health of this program. Because last year, we was it Foster Lawyer? Was it Initially, it was moving Rocket Watts to point guard. And now that this team has got two guys who could each lead the team in assists and it's going to be close throughout the season, I think this team is, you know, that's what's going to kind of be the launching pad to having a better season. I think the lazy take here, and and but maybe the obvious one is whoever plays more, I think is going to lead the team in assists. I don't know, and and, and at point. this point, it's I probably think, going to be Walker starting. I think that Walker will play more. I do think Hogard might be in the crunch time just because he can facilitate a little bit better. I think, and 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 Brendan to answer our question. Uh, Tyson Walker averaged 4.8 assists 4.8, yep. at Northeastern. More so than I thought. That's no slouch, you know. Right. Like that, and, and and I don't have it. Hogard's numbers either. Great, great job. 1.8. 1.8. So I just think Hogard Hogard takes that step naturally just by playing more. So that's something to keep an eye on. It it it's definitely going to do time as and the Spartans wonders to have a pure point guard, at least one of them, maybe two of them, to at least just run that offense and just play basketball the right way. Now I will say, you talk about who's going to get the most minutes, probably going to lead in assists. I don't. I do think Walker's going to start. I do think he's going to play more. I don't think the disparity between the two is really going to be so much to really take into account, though. I think they're probably going to be like one or two minutes per game off from okay. each other. I really think they're both going to play a lot. And the one interesting thing that has a chance to be beneficial and has a chance to be a detriment and both at the same time is uh, we talked with Walker at uh, Michigan State Media Day at, at the Breslin Center, um, us three. And I don't know if, I don't remember if either of you were there when someone asked him this question, but about transition and the fast break. And we, we've already talked about how that's going to be a huge facet of Michigan State's offense this season. And if they can run, they're going to be successful. They didn't really get to run a whole lot last year. Walker is a thousand percent going to help them in running and in the speed he gets up the floor. But in his whole career leading up to Michigan State, he has not been in transition offenses. At Northeastern and in high school, they ran a lot of half court, a lot of walking the ball up the floor. And he said he's adjusting to it. He's not quite used to it yet. So 
he's athletic and he'll get up the floor quick, but I don't know if he's going to have the IQ like Hogard or the decision-making skills to make the right moves in the transition. Now, what that does mean, though, on the flip side is that in the half court, he's more adept. That's an area that Michigan State lacks. He might be able to run the half court better than someone like Hogard could, and he's got the speed to just really get by anybody and go get a bucket if he needs to. Yep, in a vacuum, I think that that whole guard is more of your pure point guard, like we said, and Walker's more of your athleticism, fast transition, like you say, Brennan. And they're that, both assets for sure. And yeah. That very well. And, and, and Tom has always talked about how you know he's used the quarterback analogy. He loves making football analogies with his team, and he's just basically said, you know, in in basketball, you can have two two uh, two quarterbacks, and and he pretty much has that. Let's move to my favorite stat category, which is rebounds. Anyone who knows me knows I love. The rebounding. Trent's, I, Trent's just on the glass oh anytime my, you play with them. Yeah. That's all I do. I love the rebounding. Offensively, um, too. It's, he's, a, he's a pest. He's the best offensive rebounder four in I am hoops. It is yeah. four on five on offense, though. I will say that. I, I am a little bit of a detriment to my to my team on offense. But we're not here to rebounder. talk about me. I'm here to talk about Marcus Bingham. I'll start us off. I think Marcus Bingham, I don't want to say by default because I think he is really going to earn it. He is going to be your man in the middle, both defensively and offensively, and I just think that – He's going to take a big step this this season. There were some questions, you know, that we were even asking at Media Day about, you know, him not being a captain despite being a senior. But look, I, I definitely think that he is somewhat of a leader, and I think that he's grown into that a lot. Tom Izzo and him, their relationship has blossomed a lot in, in his four years here. And I just think that Marcus Bingham this season, in a vacuum, is going to be your best defender. And by default, he's going to block some shots. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to play a lot of minutes. And I just think that, he ultimately could could end up averaging close to a double double. I don't think he'll do it because I I think the points maybe he'll be about like eight points a game. But I think he's got a real shot at double digit rebounds per game, Brennan. Well, the way he's playing right now, he might double double in blocks because God, I mean, he had six of them against Grand Valley. Yeah. I mean, I know it's Grand Valley, you know, go Lakers, but still six blocks in one game, regardless of the opponent, is unbelievable. Marcus Bingham is objectively. He's just- He's just objectively one of the lankiest people I've ever right, seen in my entire and life. Longest. Yeah. And and so maybe one of the shot the top shot blockers in America. I mean, there's no honestly, doubt about I that. Because he's gonna I get the minutes to chance, validate that. I think there's a chance he averages just south of two blocks per game. Oh, I could see him at one point seven plus this year. So Sloan is with me in lockstep yes. on Marcus Bingham, but Brennan, you've got Malik Hall written down. So so make your case for Malik. I think Malik Hall being a captain this year, he's he's gotten a little bit stronger, I think. Um and, and just I don't really see where he fits into this team offensively. They might I, stretch him a little bit, I think. I th- I don't know. I you know, think there was... he's going to be a, a backup big to kind of play with Hauser and anchor down low while Hauser stretches the offense himself. I do, I do have to say there were some stretches against Grand Valley when A.J. Hogard and uh, Tyson Walker played together, but there were also some stretches when Joey Hauser and Malik Hall got right. a little bit of run together. So I think that... You know, those, I think I think there's a really good chance we see them on the floor a lot together this year. But I mean, once again, Marky or excuse me, Malik is a better rebounder than Joey. So if they get that run together, that that kind of feeds into your prediction. And in those stretches where those two play together, Hauser was the one coming up and setting high screens and primarily working with the ball handler in the offense. And that's where Malik is kind of just down low. But I think Malik is probably the best offensive rebounder on this team. Defensively, it's going to go to Marcus, but you add what he's going to bring in offensively. He's going to get a lot of rebounds on the offensive glass when Marcus isn't on the floor. And so, again, if we're just trying to make predictions and be correct, I think Malik Hall is going to have more chances than Marcus Bingham. And that's kind of just, you know, a bold prediction going against the grain a little bit. I think Malik Hall, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk some defense now. Um, Obviously, Tyson Walker, we already talked about it, was Defensive Player of the Year in his conference, the CAA, last season. Um, But... uh, Sloan, do you see him still being the best defender on this team, or do, you, do your eyes kind of go somewhere else? Who's going to anchor this defense? I think it's going to be Malik. Malik is, is I think he's going to be the first guy in off the bench, in my opinion. I was going to say, I, I, Brendan Yon. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to, I thought like, he was scoffing at you for a second. Yeah, that's what no, I thought. I, no. I think Malik didn't gonna, want to yawn into the mic. <laughs> no, I love it. I thought he was going to yell at me or something. I was I was a little bit concerned there for a second. I, I do have it. It is Malik, though. He is good. I think he's going to be the first player in off the bench. I think there's a good opportunity that, you know, he's in that closing lineup as on the opposing team's best forward. You know, you look at guys on like Michigan, like Caleb Houston. You know, he's a, he could be a guy that Malik Hall, he's, he's, he's a physical player. He, he can guard multiple positions. He can probably even guard twos. He's switchable. He can lock down people. Great rebounder. He's tough. He's physical. 
And I think this is the first year that we kind of see Malik Hall really break out. You know, even the end of last year, he was in the rotation, but he wasn't getting as many minutes as some of the other bigs, some who aren't here anymore, like Aaron Henry and Thomas Kithier. But I think he plays more minutes this year. I think he's the first guy off the bench. I could even see him start in some games when they want to go a little bit bigger and they put they you know bring Joey off the bench because I do think Malik is going to be coming off the bench and Hauser's going to start. But I see a much bigger role this year for Malik Hall, and I think that starts on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I still think it's going to go. I mean, defensive player of the year, no matter what conference it is, no matter what conference it is in, is a big accomplishment. And just already what I've seen in Fair State uh, in Grand Valley, Tyson Walker just gets his hands in so many loose balls and Swiper. pokes it away from so Four many defenders. Four steals against that, Grand Valley. Yeah, and, and he's he's just all over the place. And he's a really good on-ball defender, especially on the perimeter. That's where Michigan State kind of needs it because there's a lot of shooters in the Big Ten, blah, 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 blah. I, I just think Tyson Walker is going to carry that defensive mentality from Northeastern onto Michigan State, who's really going to need it from him. The defense they're going to get out of the point guard position, regardless of it having finally a pure floor general, which they lacked last year, the, 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 the ability for them to have two point guards that are really going to be pretty advanced defenders in Hogard and Walker, I mean, you can make an argument that Hogard could be one of the better defenders yeah. on the team, too. So I like the Walker pick, though. I like it a lot. So, Sloan, you've got Malik. Brendan, you've got Tyson Walker. I'm going to go with Marcus Bingham. I'm going to go with my boy from Grand Rapids. I just really th- – I, I really – and I'm banking on him taking a step, being a, more of a leader, and getting those minutes. If he gets minutes, he will block shots. He will change games. He will protect the rim for you. He and calls himself think- that anchor. Not to interrupt you. Yeah. He, he makes it very – he, he's, he, verbally he takes pride after, in it. Oh, after every game, yeah. he says, I'm the man in the middle on defense. I'm the man in the middle. I'm anchoring the defense. Yep. And he he's going to step up in that regard. I love that pick. I, I think he's going to change yeah. a lot of shots, even if he doesn't block them. Right. Might not show up on right. the stat sheet. He's going to alter a lot of shots. He's going to be strong down there, and he's going to rebound well. And he's going to need to because it was a stacked Big Ten of big men last year, and nobody left. Yep. Luka Trade, Garza. Yeah. Luka, but Luka Garza didn't right. really play. I mean, you know, different. And but still, and still, and even you. though they got blown out by thirty, Luca Garza didn't have the best game when Correct. Michigan State played Iowa, Correct. and they sh- nah, they didn't shut down Travion Williams. That's a lie. But they shut down <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis. They shut down Hunter Dickinson. They shut down Kofi Coburn, and they shut down um, EJ Liddell from Ohio State. And Bingham was on all fire at the end of the year. All of those guys are back, and B- it's I'm scared to death. But they're gonna need Bingham to step up. The big, putting the big in the Big Ten. All right, let's keep moving along, fellas. Team MVP, who you got, Sloan? I got Max Christie as my team MVP. Really? You know, we'll Freshman. Get it, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more because we're two questions away from something that I already teased about Christie's tenure and how long it might be at Michigan State. But the reason I see Christie being the MVP is he's just that Spartan player. He, I, I feel like he, when he really gets going this year, is going to embody what this program is in terms of being a two-way player, being very poised, very mature, you know, having a, a pretty diverse offensive game, being able to, to run the break, being able to go get buckets of your own. I, I see him being the, kind of the quintessential Spartan player. I see him being an extension of Tom Izzo on the floor. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, who who's that vocal leader. You know, I'm not saying that Max Christie is going to be the vocal leader, but with how much poise and how much confidence he's shown, it would not surprise me as if, you know, as the year goes along, if he is is one of the more vocal, you know, voices when they're on defense and when they're in the huddle, because he just seems like a confident kid. I think he's headed for a big time breakout year. I think he could be a lottery pick. I could see him easily being picked at the end of the lottery. He's got every tool you want in a basketball player. He's got good size. He can guard multiple positions. He prides himself on his defense, which is something that's important. Very mature player. I don't think he's going to get too up or too down. He's already got he's already got a smooth three-point shot. I see him being a do-it-all guy, a mature guy, a poised guy, and someone who is going to be the MVP of this team. I, I, I'm extremely high on his game. And I know he's a freshman, but I just it's, got... It's I, a- that's a good take, Sloan. In sports, everyone talks about their gut feelings. I just got a gut feeling about this kid. It's a good, he, that's he's a good special. I, I, I echo that gut feeling with you as well. I don't think... I, I take the word MVP in the very literal sense. And I remember this about last year. Valu- I remember who that. last year? Valuable player. I don't you remember. Kenny? No. Who was it? It was, it was some guy kind of like this pick. We I could picked go Tyson get Walker receipts. for this team. We could. You we can pick. find it. But we'll have to go find the receipts. Trent, Trent can go look for it while I, while I go on my Tyson Walker rant. But the most valuable player is someone that is going to 
completely alter the landscape of this team's success. And I think that's going to be Tyson Walker, and that's why they went and picked him up in the transfer portal. He's going to be the guy that is the square peg that fits in that square hole that Tom Izzo talked about uh, at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. He's the guy that fills the point guard spot that they want, that they didn't have last year, and that led to a lot of struggles. He can run the pick and roll. He'll be able to pass. He'll be able to defend. Work in transition. He's familiar with the half court like we talked about. I think he's really going to be a huge asset for Michigan State and kind of take over that point guard role. And then it's so helpful that he's friends with Hogard, as I talked about in my article. Hogard's developing even more in the offseason. He lost weight. I just just really think Tyson Walker is a guy that we're going to look back on after this season or maybe through the midway point when they're having some success or something and be like, wow, they don't do this without him. I love your your, your selection in the the light of most valuable player, too, because, I mean, Izzo's talked about it a lot in, in the preseason games, the exhibition season, practice leading up to the years, that the differences of having a true point guard and a true starting point guard in Tyson Walker in terms of running the break, distributing the basketball, being kind of the head of the snake on defense, he does all those things. I think he could be a sneaky potential leader of this team as a veteran, as a guy who's going to be this team's point guard, which is something they never had last year. Or general. He, yeah. His ceiling is incredibly high because kind of like Christie, there's a lot of tools in his bag. Good defender. You know, he has he didn't really take a lot of shots in the exhibition season, but the coaching staff and Izzo are imploring him to take more open shots. He's a good shooter. Kind of like Christie, he's a toolsy guy, so I'm I'm all in on that pick. Now I will say, valuable is a big word, and there's a lot of guys on this team that are valuable. Gabe Brown is going to be very bet, very valuable. Max Christie, yes. like you talked about, but I I do think you know even a Jaden Akins, right. I mean, could be a just. I mean, obviously he's not the MVP, but he's going to be kind of probably the seventh guy in the rotation. I think he's. I think he'll probably see some minutes. I think he'll get some minutes. I think when we get into the nit and grit of the season, that's where the rotation slims down. Because Izzo, it, be it was slimmed. a struggle last year. Izzo went, went eight, sometimes nine Dude, deep. Dude, we when talked Hogard last year how there. it was just the team was too deep to a detriment right. last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, you didn't know who to play. Like even the bigs, we haven't talked about Julius Marble yet. Like he's that's another. Does he play? That's who a. Knows? That's I think. Yeah. It goes, okay, so the starters are going to be Walker, Christie, uh, Bingham, Brown, and who am I missing? Joey. Hauser. And then after that, first off the bench is Hall. And then... AJ. AJ and... Julius. Eight deep is still kind of a lot. It probably is Julius. Then I think think that's the cutoff. I I think Jaden, Pierre, and Maudie, and everybody else behind them don't make it through a lot of the Big Ten season. I think Aiken sees minutes against Kansas on Tuesday. I that I wouldn't go that bold. I I think he subs in. Well, okay, so let, let's let's stay it on depends, the rails. Let's stay on the, on the track second, here. So so, but so yes. you've got Tyson Walker, Brendan, yes. and and Sloan. You've got Max Christie. Yes. for your team MVP. I am going to either be king of the hill or die on the hill of Marcus Bingham. You got I, Bingham. You dude, got Bingham as best defender on the team, yep. top rebounder. But but you, I like it because Valley's I think it, last stand. it shows the importance of of what he's going to mean to this Spartan team this year, and that is a lot. A dude, lot just, is riding on this guy. He's just he's going to play a lot, and he's going to be asked. Brendan, you literally laid out the roadmap of all these great big men in the Big Ten, and to to be successful and to get wins and to finish second or third, which would be a huge accomplishment for this team, Marcus Bingham's going to have to be that dude. So that's it. I won't elaborate on it anymore, but I do think he'll be close to a double-double guy and your best defender. Brendan? I overheard a conversation between Matt Charbonneau, uh, Michigan State beat reporter from the Detroit Free Press, or the Detroit News, sorry, and uh, I forget who the other person was, but he said, uh, what's the likelihood that Marcus Bingham – now I'll just, I'll just pose this question to you guys, 1 to 10, 1 being least, 10 being most likely – that Marcus Bingham has an Adrian Payne type year? Five. Could happen. I'm not going to rule it out. I don't think he's that talented offensively. I don't think he'll get quite he's to got the, that the, level of production. He's got the green light to shoot this year, and he has shot more in the two exhibition games. I'm going to go with six and a half. A little bit oh, better man. than 50. <laughs> I sure, that's a cop out. Six and a half. It's a, I, it's a little bit better than 50-50, but yeah. still, it's still a prove-it year. I mean, right. 
Last year was not the prove it year. Last year was he got relevant well, again because he was on the bench at the beginning. I thought of the last year. year was supposed to be the prove it year, and he didn't take advantage. Well, of he just it. wouldn't play. He didn't get enough be, minutes. Yeah, it started to be coming at the end of the year, but yeah. he didn't get. He still didn't get enough points. That's the, I'm I'm relying a lot on that, Sloan. I'm glad you brought that up because I just think Marcus Bingham is going to take a lot of what he did last season towards the end. I'm talking, you know, that that dream stretch where they beat three top five teams. He's going to take that and roll it into this season. He was and a I key cog in those that. in those big wins. Yeah, they yeah. don't win without him. Yeah, no. I mean, he's literally he's he, in crunch time. He's locking up Dickinson. He's locking up Liddell. He's doing those things. Kofi. So I just see that as the team MVP. Next, I want to get into two guys we've talked about quite a bit here: Tyson Walker, Max Christie. No doubt, the two biggest acquisitions for this team this season. Obviously, Christie's a freshman. Walker, the transfer. Who's the bigger acquisition? Who makes a bigger splash this season? Brendan. Well, looking at the doc, it seems like we're all pretty much in agreement here. Uh, Tyson Walker is going to go as Michigan State goes, or vice versa. They're going to go as he goes, I think. Um, Max Christie is more of a nice luxury to have, I feel like. You know, Tyson Walker is the fuel in the engine and... Max Christie is a fresh oil change. You know, I yep. think he's nice to have. Love that he'll, analogy. He'll grease up the engine a little bit. He'll he'll throw in a couple nice wrinkles and be well defensively and a good locker room guy and knock down some threes. But I think really, if Tyson Walker struggles this season, Michigan State is going to find themselves struggling as well. I got Walker as well, just because I know I have Max Christie as my MVP of this club. But in terms of the bigger acquisition, it's got to be Walker because this team had some wings last year. Just comparing last year to this year from a pure just personnel standpoint, they had Aaron Henry, the Gabe Brown, Langford. They had wings. So it's not like last year's team needed another wing. And the floor general. Last year's team, you're right, Trent, needed a point guard in the worst. And I mean the worst way. So having Walker who's going to be a plug-and-play starter, and then having a guy like A.J. Hogard, who's going to play a lot of minutes, too, and has really matured as a second-year player. Now, the, the emergence of the point guard, which starts with Walker coming in, I think that's what's going to lead this team to being much, much better this season. So that's why I'm going with Walker as my biggest acquisition. I don't have much to add because I agree. We're all in lockstep here. Consensus quake. Stop the fight, whatever. Uh, let's st- let's stick with Max Christie, though. I want to talk about him real quick because he's got one-and-done potential. Sloan, I'm going to kick it to you because Brennan and I don't quite think he's going to be a one-and-done yes. player. I think he's a two-year player, but Sloan, go for it. Why? Why? Give me your take on why Max Christie might be one-and-done. And Because on Green and White Report, you had said something about him ending up in the early lottery. Yes. I, I, I see him being a lottery pick next year. I see him being a one-and-done player because, you know, I, like you mentioned, I said this on the Green and White Report. He has every tool you want in in a wing in the NBA these days. And I think they you know, draft on potential, too. I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, maybe he, his statistics could be a little bit better in his freshman year. I see him as a 13 to 14 point per game guy. You know, I think his ceiling scoring wise is going to be a lot better than that. You know, I, I th- but I think he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter, and I think the reason he's going to be a one-and-done guy and the reason why he's going to go in the lottery is because of his projectable tools. He has size and athleticism that you cannot coach. He has an extremely high basketball IQ, and he is a just a, he's an ex- incredibly poised and mature player for a guy who's 18 years old. He, I think there's just so much that jumps off the page for an NBA scout. He's got great size for a shooting guard. He can guard multiple positions. He can run the break. He prides himself on defense, making him a, a, real, a very pure two-way player. I just see way too many NBA-ready or NBA-near-ready skills that he's going to have one year to kind of season himself on the big stage. Maybe, won't you know, I don't have him as the leading scorer on this team. His statistics will be good, not the best on this club. But I think going on tools, going on potential, it's going to be too much for some scouts to pass up on. And Brendan, give give the converse opinion. Well, I, I just don't think, because Izzo talked about, now correct me if I'm wrong, Gary Harris was here for two years, right? Correct. Yes. Izzo talked and said that Max Christie has a chance to be the best recruited guard since Gary Harris. And that's pretty big shoes to fill. Poor Gary Harris on the magic now. Free him. Free him. I know. That's a bummer for him. Free my dog. Fantastic with the Nuggets. But magic magic are terrible. But regardless. We talk about Christie's ceiling. I think his ceiling for scoring, the absolute most, is 20. I'd be really impressed if he got 20, but I think he could do it. I think his floor, though, is probably like 12. And that's 
very he'll productive a, for a freshman. I think the consensus amongst the three of us is he's going to easily be a double-digit scorer, probably over 12. Yep. Yeah, he's I think so. He's got that ability to score on his own. Obviously, we've talked about it, create his own shot, and that's kind of what the Spartans missed last year until Aaron Henry at the very end decided to kind of grab the bull by the horns. But let's talk about record prediction now, fellas. Let's zoom out. I want to I want to really look at the schedule here. Are there any games that you're looking forward to in particular other than New York tomorrow? Tonight as people listen, whatever. So run through the schedule. Give me a game or two that you really have your eye on, and what, where do you think the Spartans finish? Sloan, we'll go to you first on this one. Obviously Kansas right from the jump. I mean, how can you not have this as a game on your schedule that you're looking forward to? The three of us are going to be there. We're going to be at the Mecca. We're going to be at Madison Square Garden. Brendan and I are going to be on the call. 6.30 for the Impact His Own pregame show that all three of us will be on. From yeah. from the Mecca, we're going to be high above the the floor. It's going to be just a Check fantastic on time. Too. Maybe uh, some new content coming out. Ooh, I like that. Some some New Possibly. York City content. Some some written content. Stay tuned for that. But obviously, live Kansas the off the jump. Butler is another one that's going to be just a, a big game. You know, at Butler, good environment. Hinkle Fieldhouse. Obviously, you have the battle for Atlantis at Minnesota. You know, the Big Ten opener Shout on the Jay road. Mitch. Yeah, Jay Mitch, Julian Mitchell, friend of the podcast. At Minnesota, the Big Ten opener, you know, that's going to be a prove-it game, especially because it's so early in the year. Some other ones, obviously, at Michigan on January 8th, at Illinois, January 25th, at Maryland, February 1st. So there's a, you know, at Iowa, February 22nd, at Ohio State, March 3rd. So this team's really going to have to go through the gauntlet on the road and, you know, there's some, some obviously the Louisville game and the Big Ten ACC Challenge is going to be a big one. What did I miss, Brandon? Uh, I think you missed some Big Ten games that I'm really excited to watch. So I want to first get to the Big Ten preseason rankings and, you know, playing this into the record prediction and parlaying it with where Michigan State is going to finish, which is our next question on the dock, I believe, if I'm correct. Yep. Number six is Michigan State, just for kicks and giggles. There's right, no way they finish six. Right behind them is Indiana. Above Michigan State, it goes Maryland at five, Ohio State at four, Illinois at three, Purdue at two, and Michigan at one. Now, I will say, between the media members, Purdue and Michigan were tied for first. But looking at this schedule, the games I'm really excited for, I tell you what, Michigan State, I think, is a team that can upset a lot of people this season and really be good in the Big Ten. Maryland is a team I'm scared of. Maryland beat the breaks off Michigan State last year. Michigan State was never in close, was never close in either of those games really, especially the Big 10 tournament game. February 1st, Michigan State travels to College Park and then on the last game of the season, March 6th, Maryland comes back here to East Lansing. Those games could have a lot of Big 10 implications as far as the tournament goes. I think these two teams are going to be battling really close. Um, and then the big one that I've got circled, Purdue travels here February 26th. Uh TBD on the time for that one. Obviously, both Michigan games are going to be be big to notice. I'm excited to see. Uh, hopefully, we get to go to what Michigan State play Oakland at LCA. I think that's oh, going to be we'll a fun be game. We'll love, be there. love the campy Izzo games back and forth. You know that that friendship is so much fun to watch. And talking to Campy and talking to Izzo about that game is, is going to be a blast and a fun one to cover. Um, but yeah, those those are the three games I'm really paying attention to. Are we are we throwing out numbers for records now? Yeah, or? go for it. Absolutely. So. Real quick before the podcast, just went through each game, predicted win loss, totaled it up. Uh, Sloan, I want to say on your on the dock, are you counting the exhibition games? No, I, I, I did notice there's only there's only twenty nine games. Twenty nine. All right, let me adjust. Okay, so I have them, <laughs> I will adjust. I have them at nineteen and ten, finishing fourth in the Big Ten behind Michigan, Purdue, and Maryland. Maryland is a team that I think is going to surprise people. I think Ohio State's going to falter, and I think Illinois is going to falter. And I could see, like, Illinois tied for fourth or Ohio okay. State tied so for fourth. So there's no slouches by any stretch. You're just right. saying Michigan State is underrated. Yeah. I have, I happen to agree. I've got the Spartans at 21-8 and eight this season. I think they'll finish third in the Big Ten behind Michigan and Purdue. And, and you know, who knows what's going to happen. You don't wish injuries on anyone or anything, but the, the right. Wolverines are one injury away from being, like, you know, fourth in this conference. They're yeah. not going to be bad by any stretch if they miss one of those guys or something. Same thing with Purdue. Uh, you know, Ivy goes down and you're or, – or whatever. Trivion and and Williams. Michigan, Michigan, other than Brooks and Dickinson, is a whole new-look team. And yes. who knows how well Brooks and Dickinson play with these 
New guys, they might get off to a slow start. Purdue yes. is the team that I'm scared of. Purdue is the same team as last year. Same exact team. And they were good last and year. And Matt Painter and is phenomenal. And again, yes, I want to make it very ceiling. clear. I'm not wishing injuries upon anyone. I'm right. simply saying that that's how the game works. Like These, predi- these, sports, these preseason yeah. rankings mean nothing. You play the games for a reason. And I think that we the love Spartans, Purdue. I've got 21-8. and eight. Brennan's got 19-10. and 10. Sloan, what do you think? I got 20-9. and nine. I have this as a fourth-place team in the Big Ten behind the Wolverines, in no particular order, behind the Wolverines, Boilermakers, and Ohio State Buckeyes. Really? I have ahead of the Spartans. Maybe that's the take that I die on. What's their their coach, Chris something? Chris Holtman. Holtman, yeah. You're a big Holtman guy, aren't you? I'm a big Holtman guy. Dude, he got thrown out of the Breslin last year. Yeah, yeah, there was no fans there. God, imagine if there were fans. Remember, he 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 ran out on the court after a call. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he knew the game was over. Right, classic loser move. Yeah, there was like four slow. seconds left. Twenty nine, fourth place in the Big Ten. I see this team as being a tick better than a Maryland. I see this team as being a tick better than an Illinois, who is going to have to make up for a lot of production. I know you're not as high on Illinois. Yeah. I'm not as necessarily high on Maryland and Mark Turgeon. I've never been a Mark Turgeon guy. No, you know I think. I just I, I think Michigan State is a cut above the mid tier of the Big Ten. I would probably qualify the mid tier as Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers, and maybe you put, Iowa. Wait, wait, wait. You put Maryland in the mid tier. Yes, I got Maryland in the mid tier. Wow. I, I, I understand I'm out on the not, I, not a Turgeon guy. I understand not being a Turgeon guy, like come February. But I think they are gonna beat the brakes off some teams in the beginning of the season. They returned a lot of guys last year from a very quality team last year that just did what Turgeon does in March, and they just suck. But I mean, this this is kind of a, turning into a de facto Big Ten preview, which is good. Yeah, but right. my tiers are kind of you got Michigan, Purdue, Illinois. Hold on, hold on. First of all, it's Michigan, Purdue, and everybody else. Yeah, that's to start. I'd say the top tier: Michigan, Purdue. Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan State is kind of my top five. That'll be the top five in some order. And then you have Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers, and Iowa is kind of my mid-tier. And then you have Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, and Minnesota. But I, I think Nebraska has got the chance to have a better season. They brought in a great recruiting class. They have they bring back some talent from last year's Cornhusker team. I think Nebraska could be a – once again, this might be a horrible take – I think Nebraska we'll Nebraska is a borderline tournament team this year. You hear that, Fred? You hear that? Nebraska is a borderline tournament team. Shout this out year. Jack Hoiberg. Big Jack recruiting class. Now talent coming back. Probably a cupcake in the non con. They'll get some easy wins. I got them as I don't know if they'll make it, but I think they'll be in the conversation for a minute. Now, let me tell you why you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. But, but please, please, this is what we do on this podcast. Right. No, this I, I think you're right about Nebraska. I think I think they might be a little bit of a surprise this year. But I I think the reason I'm out on Illinois, I'll go through Illinois and Ohio State and the case for Maryland. The reason I'm out on Illinois is because yes, they return Curbelo and they return Coburn, but Io Desumu was the Cassius Winston for them last year. Absolutely. He was the go-to I love guy. Io. Of course, he goes to the Bulls, so I can't like him anymore. And he right. he faltered in the Loyola Chicago game. Loyola Chicago also a team I think Michigan State can lose to in the Bahamas. Watch out for that. Um, Cameron Rutwig. Yeah, whatever that whatever that the, guy's the name stash. is. Yeah, but but they don't have Desumu this year. They have good pieces, but like I said, I think they're ranked where they are due to last season. And how they finished and they, the way they won the Big Ten tournament over Ohio State and went on that run in that tournament and then eventually faltered in March. But they, they had that big win at Michigan in the end of the regular season. They blew them out, missing some guys. Dosumu didn't even play in that game. But I think they're ranked where they are, third in the Big Ten right now, with the understanding that they have a very good chance of not coming close to that. And I think the lack of Dosumu it's going to hurt them in close games. I don't think Coburn really has the mentality to be a go-to guy for them. I don't think he's got the headspace for it. Um, Curbelo, I think, is going to be fantastic, but I don't know if there's enough pieces around him to, to hold them up. And then for Ohio State, it's Dwayne Washington is gone. Obviously, they have Michi Johnson, who's still literally like 18 years old, I think. Great so, name. Love Michi. Best best name in the Big Ten by far. But Easily. Um He's going to go through some growing pains, I think. I think he'll be good for them next year, not this upcoming year. And I just, EJ Liddell was very good for them, but it seemed like when it mattered, like Oral Roberts, Michigan State at the end of the season, Illinois in the Big Ten tournament game, Michigan. Like it, it seemed like when it mattered for them, he wasn't to the level that he was. So he gets this hype for, you know, 
16 and 10 leading up to the last month of the the season or whatever. And it, it just wasn't against great teams. And, and he really, Michigan State shut him down. And last year, Michigan State was in no position to shut anybody down, especially the bigs. I, I still don't know how they did it, you know, against Garza, Liddell, Coburn, and Dickinson, but they did somehow. And Marcus Bingham. Well, I think it was actually Mark that I think Lark. about it. The, the Bingham, Marble, Hauser. It was just the rota- just, rotating yeah, door. Throw a bunch That's of how they stopped guards in particular. I remember right, that. Right, but Throw bodies at them. I just I don't think either happens. of them, they both have big men, but Izzo knows and everybody knows that's familiar with this league. This league is won by guard play, Yep. and I don't know if they have the guard play. Obviously, as I said, Illinois has Curbelo, but big Curbelo I, guy. I don't know if they have enough guard play and wing play to sustain the success that they had from last year, and that's where I think Michigan State jumps them. Now, that was a lot of talking, but I'm not done yet. The case for Maryland. Maryland returns everybody. They do have good card play. They're so good defensively. They were phenomenal last year on defense, especially defending the three, which is what a lot of teams in the Big Ten are going to try to do moving forward. I just I think Maryland is going to be so good through the first three-fourths of the season that they're, they're going to have a good enough record to finish top three in the Big Ten. So let's. So long story short, Sloan has Big Ten fourth. Yes. Or, or Spartans fourth in the Big Ten. Brennan has fourth as well. I've got third. And the run through the records one more time. Sloan's got the Spartans at twenty and nine. Brendan nineteen and ten. Your boy Trent twenty one and eight. I stay being yes, negative sir. on this podcast. You do. It's I'm okay. Always, it's not, even, it's not even negative. I'm just like Objective. the most negative. Yeah, the most negative of the three. Fellas, before we go, we got to talk about the Champions Classic. The Spartans travel to New York City to take on the number three Kansas Jayhawks on Tuesday night in game one of the 2021 Champions Classic. Is it still State Farm? Who yes, cares? Who yes, cares? It, is no, State Farm. it is, in fact, still No free State ads. Farm. No None. free ads. Never mind. Um, your boys will be in the, in Madison Square we'll Garden the for the game, so tune in. Brennan Shabbat, Luke Sloan on the call. It's going to be fantastic. Literally I'll have like the most famous arena ever. Yeah, yes. we'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, Kansas is missing big man Jalen Wilson. He's suspended after a DUI. That's something to watch. The Spartans are currently four-and-a-half-point dogs per Vegas. Give me your predictions. Brennan, I'll go to you first. Jalen Wilson, 11.8 points per game last year, 7.9 rebounds. Uh, shot 41% from the floor. Pretty good for a big man. He's going to be a tough loss for them. I teased, I teased it on the green and yes, white sir. report. No more teasing, no more tickling. Here's it straight up. You're not up. playing around anymore. Predictions are coming prediction, now. The grab the mic prediction. Michigan State shocks the world to start the season in the most famous arena on earth and upsets Kansas 79-75. Love it. There it is. Heard it here first. And you talked about it earlier, Luke. It's just a gut feeling. You know, I just feel really good about this team and them surpassing expectations. I like the way they look in practice. I like their attitude. As I wrote about in my article, it's a lot less finger-pointing like it was last year, and it's more my bad, that's my fault, yes, coach, all this stuff. I think they've got a good attitude. I think they're buying into what Izzo is selling. Bill Self doesn't my really God. They have just a gave good him a lifetime sales. contract, too. Doesn't I don't really, get it. Yeah, he doesn't have a good sales record with his players. They had they got into that brawl last year with Kansas State. Didn't do anything in March. Were complete non-factors almost all season, it, it felt like. that. You know, they started off slow with the loss to Gonzaga. I just, I'm just out on Kansas overall. And I, I think Michigan State being four-and-a-half-point dogs is very surprising, given that I understand it's neutral court, but given that, Spartans are unranked to start the year in the top 25, and Kansas is three. The money line odds for the Spartans are plus 163. Brendan, would you publicly advise people to, to gamble on that game? Yes. Gambling problem call 1-800. 1-800-GAMBLER. 273-7974. How do you guys know this by heart? You guys are insane. Wait, wait. Well, Sloan, what, what's going to happen on Tuesday night? I'm with Brendan. I think the Spartans come away with a win. You know, I'm looking down Kansas's roster right now, and they have a number of players – on the roster, they're listed as super seniors. I don't know if that's necessarily legal. Super I think it's senior? probably the COVID thing. Super senior. That's an interesting way to put it, but you know, I might have to file an NCAA grievance with the term yeah. super senior. I mean, are these guys, these, Kansas is always known to have guys who were there for like seven years. Perry, right. Ellis. Perry, Perry, Ellis. Perry Ellis and Eli Withy was there for a while. He was there for like five years. He was there forever. I got the Spartans winning this game 78-73. I think it's relatively high scoring. It always seems like these Champions Classic games are kind of on the higher end scoring-wise. Everyone's just kind of hooping, starting the year off in a well, big way. last year, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, yeah was that two years two ago. Years two years ago, ago against sorry. Kentucky, yeah. yeah, just went off. 
so I, I see this as being a not necessarily a defensive showdown. I see a big game for Max Christie on the big stage. I think him and Tyson Walker kind of carry the weight for Michigan State. And I see this being a close five-point victory, but I'm out on Kansas as well. You know, the loss of of, of Jalen Wilson is, is a significant one. He's their leading returning rebounder. He averaged about 12 points per game last year. That's really nothing to scoff at. But I, I'm, I'm kind of out on the Jayhawks this year. I know they're, you know, a preseason top five, top ten team, but, you know, pretty consensus. But I'm, I'm not – I don't think this is the best Bill Self Jayhawks team that they've had. I, it's just – they don't have as many of the guys that they normally have. You know what I forgot about last year, or that I forgot about that happened last year? Didn't you accurately predict perfectly the Notre Dame score? score? Yeah, yeah, I did. And that was the opener. Right. Well, I hope you're right so, again. That was insane. You know. Also, yeah. yeah. Don't look now, folks, but I, I'm Sloan, trying to go 2-0 here. Sloan's got the Spartans openers. by four. Brennan's got the Spartans by four. I'm going to take the Spartans by two. I think this is going to be a close game. I'm not out on Kansas. I am I'm just very in on this Spartan team. Brendan, like you said, it's a gut feeling. I feel it in my in my tummy. Nice nice and warm in my tummy. My tummy is green and white like, right now. You can like never after go you crack open that that bottle of Jack. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you oh, can boy. you can Ooh. never go Sponsor against me. your gut. Never. No. Yeah, so I've got the Spartans by two. I tell you what, by God did I learn that last year in March. I went through my bracket, and you guys know how much of a fan I am of March and Ken Palm. Coming and soon, blah, 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 blah. by the way. Right. Impact his own bracket bonanza. Oh, yes. A couple of months, yeah. baby. A couple I picked of months. Illinois last year. Big but mistake. I, 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 oh, I overanalyzed every game, and I double-guessed myself and all this stuff. And I think in the first round, I had like maybe eight games where – I had a gut feeling, flipped it, and then was wrong. Yeah. So, so go with the gut. And that's what gut. we're doing. I've got the Sparty. Spartans by two. I think it's relatively high scoring, like you said, Sloan. I think you it could, stick with your gut. It could be a shootout. I mean, how awesome would it be to see Max it, Christie trading buckets I would love with the to Kansas see Jayhawks? No it, in always, this game. it would no, be it, fun. But it just always seems like these opening games at the Garden are just a lot of points. It seems yeah. like everyone just – Well, I think a part of that, too, is lights, a part of that, City. A part of that, too, is the fact that – Three of the four teams in this are Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky, and Michigan State is the only team in this tournament or whatever this event every year that defends. So yeah. Michigan State has to go out and score. These other guys just put up points in bunches and are going to average like 75 points per game, all these other three teams. So in order to keep up with them, Michigan State's going to have to say screw the defense and kind of score buckets. I do want to bring up that the Spartans are 26th in the AP pool, so they are not ranked. Although yeah, if, they, if there was a number 26 up there by the Spartan head, I think a lot, a lot more people might be picking Michigan State. I'm calling yeah. for an upset. I think the Wilson loss is huge. They yeah. didn't know that when these rankings came out. Did Let's roll the balls out, did man. Did that affect the line? Uh, might have. I don't know what the line opened as. I wonder. It might have. I don't know. But let's roll the balls out, fellas. Spartans in Madison Square Garden. We're we've ready all to got go. A, we've all got a close win. We didn't have a chance. We had a flight Classic. to catch. We got a, yeah, literally 24 hours from as we record right now on Sunday. Yes. So this is Monday. On Monday at about 2.20, we're wheels up. It's uh, Lansing Capital Region fly Lansing. Yep. So we've got a lot of we got packing to do. We didn't have the Champions Classic last year. We got prepping to do. We got prepping to do. We've got packing to back. do. I gotta go get all my airport snacks. I gotta get everything figured out. I gotta pack my bags. I gotta, I gotta do some, suit. I gotta go to bed shoes. early. So, I gotta do laundry. Kicks. I gotta go to bed early. I got a hell of a lot of stuff to we're, do, we're, people. We're so we're gonna sign off here. Trent Bailey here for Luke Sloan, Brennan Shabath. The Impact Zone is so back. Go tell your friends about it. Listen to us all the time. Listen to these two guys yeah, tomorrow night, back. or I guess tonight as you listen. Back Tuesday again. night We're back. in New York City. We are back, ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. We will see you next time.